You're listening to Clearcast from Copenhagen. I'm clairvoyant Jette Hartimer and my guest today is Martin Bothman. Welcome. Ah, uh, thank you. We will talk about healing and the body mirror system and a little about how to improve vision. But first, let's go back in time. You are a former Wall Street computer expert. Which incident got you into this alternative road? Well, uh, it was 1975 and um, I found myself diagnosed with terminal cancer. I was told I had uh, one or two months to live unless I call for a sneeze and then I could die immediately. And uh, sometime later I was uh, still alive and celebrating in Club Med in Martinique and talking with a man who's teaching uh, Zen meditation in the morning. It's a funny thing to find in Club Med, but he was there. And uh, he told me, cancer begins in your mind, and that's where you can go to get rid of it. And uh, I understood a lot of things then. I understood also that I didn't have to depend on anything outside myself. I could go inside and change some things and uh, take care of the symptom. A couple of months later, I got involved with uh, Silver Method. Silver Mind Control is what it was called at the time. And I started working with uh, those tools, with affirmation, visualization, positive thinking, and at the same time getting into uh, research into a lot of different Eastern traditions and um, esoteric philosophies. And just looking everywhere, I might get some answers about what was happening in my body and what to do about it. Uh, two months later, I went back to uh, the doctors who had given me the original diagnosis. It was a year after uh, the diagnosis. And they told me they must have made a mistake or, uh, well, they didn't have any other answers. So I found this area a lot more interesting than designing computer systems on Wall Street, and I decided, okay, I, I prefer to, to do something like this. So that got me involved in uh, in healing. Uh, at first, self-healing, teaching people how to heal themselves. But um, some of the people who were coming to me were feeling that Somehow I was special in a way that they weren't special and that they couldn't do what I could do. And they were asking me to heal them. And so reluctantly at first I got involved in healing other people. And uh, after a while um, I saw that it was a, a good way to work, to put people on their on their feet and then um, set them free, you know, so that they, they didn't need me. That's what got me into healing. Today, when you look back, do you see your illness that you had at that time as a gift and maybe your spirit's way to lead you into a new direction? Well, uh, I could see it as my spirit's way to lead me into a new direction. And I'd been asked before whether I could uh, see the cancer as a, a gift, you know. But um, If I would see it that way, it's not something I would recommend to my friends, you know. Not like, oh boy, you got to do this because it really wakes you up. It was more, um, I was I was very much off course and uh, needed to, to find my way back. And uh, just, uh, I needed a, a strong wake up in, in one sense. And in another sense, in terms of my own way of being, uh, 
it's important to me to come from my own experience and not from some mental process or a, a yeah. construct. And that's yeah, or what, a book you read or something. Yeah, right. So that's what makes it real to me. Then I can talk from my own authority instead of saying uh, this expert said this or that one said that. I I look back at uh, why this whole thing happened and... Uh, one of the things that I saw was that when uh, uh, this body was about nine years old, uh, the person in it looked around and and saw that part of life was people died and everybody made a big noise and then a week later it was as if the person had never lived. Uh, life went on and, and it was like they'd never been there. And I thought that was a shame and that... Uh, When I leave my body, I would like to leave behind some evidence in a positive way that I was here, some contribution. And uh, so right now uh, I see the the system of healing that I've developed as a, a contribution. And again, it's based on my my personal experience. So in one sense, I could say, uh, well, it was supposed to happen like that. Uh, even though it was uh, really difficult at the time. Uh, it was uh, a strong experience. It was somehow uh, the way I had to do it. When we talk about healing, uh, is healing energy from the universe that you channel out to your client, or is healing when the client changes his or hers negative thoughts and feelings? Uh, healing for me is a return to the experience of wholeness. So I'm working with the idea that um, every symptom has a certain way of being associated with it. So, for example, I had cancer, and uh, one of the things that I uh, learned was that there is a cancer personality and that everyone who has cancer has something in common with everyone else who has cancer. And in the same way, there's a, a nearsighted personality and an arthritis personality, uh, another personality associated with heart disease. Every symptom has a way of being that's associated with it. And if you want to get rid of the symptom, you have to release the way of being that created it. And if there is a way of being associated with every symptom, then there also has to be a way of being associated with having no symptoms And that's the real you. That that's the you that's in the deepest part of yourself. That's always accessible, always available, and so it's always possible for you to to drop into that space and to start living from that space, where the symptom has no further reason for being there. So healing for me is returning to that space, to the uh, experience, to having the direct experience of wholeness. And the other things are just the mechanics of, of how to get there. So it's true I'm working with energy, uh, with feeling energy and directing energy, but I, I don't really uh, ask much where it comes from. Uh, I just uh, feel it and, and use it. So uh, some people see it as energy from God or universal energy. or it, But for me, the... It's just energy. And so when when someone is not experiencing their wholeness, their energy system is out of balance. And so for me, one of the ways to help them return to the experience of wholeness is to rebalance this energy system. 
and uh, in doing that it, it's with directing the energy and uh, feeling the energy when they're open for that of course when you talk about people that has cancer what have you learned that first of all every symptom is a metaphor for something for some way of being so cancer is a metaphor for things held in and not expressed Uh, when you hold something in and you don't express it, it grows and it grows inside you. Perfect metaphor for cancer. And then the part of the body that's affected shows what was held in and not expressed. So in general, we would say the cancer personality is uh, someone who does not easily let go of things. They hold on to things. They they keep uh, stewing inside with, with things, running around with them instead of just uh, letting them release. Uh, as I say, the part of the body that's affected shows what was held in and not expressed and what the um, particulars are, what the um, what are the details about what this person was holding in and not expressing. If, if uh, a woman has cancer of the ovaries, it's she's holding in and not expressing something about her sexuality or having children. Uh, if there's breast cancer, the... My language is chakras, I think chakras. So the closest chakra is the heart chakra. It's the area of relationship. So something happened with uh, someone close to their heart. It can be a partner, a parent, uh, a brother, a sister, a son or a daughter, and they have to get something off their chest. They haven't released the hard feelings about what happened. Also, I'm working with the idea that everything starts in the consciousness. So... In one sense, if you adopt the point of view, it, it um, puts you in a position to change something rather than being a victim. And if we work with the idea that everything starts in the consciousness, then when someone develops any symptom that could have death as its logical conclusion, then we have to say that begins with a decision to die. Well, most people die, but either it's just time to go or they're really unhappy about something. And with cancer, they're really unhappy about something. And so typically at that time in their life, something happened where they looked at the situation and decided this is unacceptable. I don't want to live with this situation, but I don't see any way out of it except to die. And then for the healing, they have to not only release the symptom, they have to also uh, change their mind about that situation. They have to see a way out of that situation in order for them to have the willingness to face life. So you see, it's like coming from different directions, uh, but but all of what I've been talking about is common for anyone who has any kind of cancer, and these are the, the issues that they would have to look at. Now you have already answered one of my questions, because one of my uh, question was, is there a connection between the chakras, uh, our organs, or maybe the different areas of our lives? And... Um, Where do I start if I want to heal myself? Do I start in my body? Do I start in my thoughts and feeling or in the complicated area of my life? Okay, first we have to uh, work with the body-mind relationship. So if we go back into this this question about uh, chakras and how they relate to, to different things, um, each chakra relates to a particular part of your consciousness. So here, when we're talking about your consciousness, we're talking about everything that it's possible for you to experience. And all that is possible for you to experience 
is divided into seven categories, and each portion of your consciousness, then each category, uh, is represented by one of the chakras. So when you feel tension about something in particular, you feel it in a particular part of your consciousness, and you feel it in a particular chakra. Each chakra is associated with particular parts of the body. Uh, so each chakra is associated with uh, a group of nerves called a plexus. Each plexus controls certain functions in the body and certain parts of the body. And each chakra is associated with an endocrine gland, the hormone-producing gland. So each chakra then is related to particular parts of your consciousness and particular parts of your body. And this allows us to read the body as a map of the consciousness. And this gives us a, a, a key to the map uh, of how to understand what the inner cause is to whatever symptom the person is experiencing. So the first thing that uh, needs to happen when someone comes to me for a healing session is uh, I have to orient them to the idea that everything starts in the consciousness and that the tensions in their body are reflecting tensions in their consciousness about specific things happening in their life at the time the symptom began. And then they can see what the the connection is. So the idea then is you have to release the tensions from your consciousness. Your consciousness is what you think and what you feel, so one way to do it is to just change your mind about something. You don't need anybody to do that. But many people get caught in the movie. They get emotionally involved with their thoughts, with their feelings, with the decisions that they've made. So then it becomes uh, easier for them to work with another person, with uh, someone who can function as a healer. So if, if you develop a symptom, you, you first have to look at what is going on in your consciousness that you know is related to that symptom on the physical level, and then you know what you need to change your mind about. You have to release some tension about that situation or uh, change some decision that you've made at that time. That could be difficult enough. Uh, well, it can be difficult or it can be easy. It depends on how attached you are to the the decisions that you've made. But it it puts it into um, a very practical context. I mean, philosophically, uh, you say, well, I'm not sure I want to change my mind because I really give myself good reasons for all the decisions that I make. But when you see that you're suffering physically, making yourself sick because of some decision that you've made, then on a practical level, uh, it doesn't make sense anymore. You have to go beyond self-justification and and do what works for you. You say, you know, okay, because I've made myself sick with this tension. I know I have to release the tension in order to to come back to experiencing my my natural state of wholeness so that makes it a lot easier makes it very very practical you have uh, developed uh, the body mirror system what is it the body mirror system is um well one aspect of it is is learning to read your body as a, a map of the consciousness inside to understand the body mind relationship and to understand the orientation that everything begins in your consciousness and then uh, learning different ways of helping to release the symptoms, learning to feel energy, learning to direct energy, understanding the chakras and what they're about, um, 
learning how to look inside and see what your own chakras look like, learning how to look inside another person, see what's going on in their chakras, how to rebalance the chakras, how to work with energy in different ways, how to lift out uh, uh, pain and uh, release symptoms uh, using thought forms. It's... um, in one sense, uh, also learning to work as the you know the psychic surgeons in the Philippines when they're doing the mm-hmm. thing with the blood and the guts, and well, doing it without the blood and the guts, but uh, essentially working at about the the same level on the etheric level. So, being able to understand your own body mind relationship, how to work on yourself, and how to help other people, all of this is within the the body mirror system. It's based on the the Hindu philosophy of uh, using the chakras as uh, a map to understand yourself and understand the body-mind relationship. On the practical level, what to do with it? It's used by many, and uh, you have uh, instructors all over the world. How can I use it? I could ask in another way. Um, what kind of p- people uh, comes to your classes? Uh, well, we get a pretty full spectrum from uh, students to uh, older people, all age groups, uh, from 12 up to you know 80, 90 years old. We have professional people. We have people in the helping professions, uh, doctors, nurses, um, people from other walks of life, politicians, uh, lawyers, lawyers. Um, when doctors come, for example, it, it gives them another way to see their clients, how to understand what the psychological processes are with uh, the people that they come that come to them, so that they're not so focused only on the physical level. So it's, um, I'd say, a broad set of tools that that virtually anybody can use. Maybe half the people, or more, maybe two thirds, come because they have some symptom they want to get rid of. And the others are coming because uh, they're interested in how to help other people or just in the um, esoteric aspects, the metaphysics of it. And yeah, generally uh, how to understand their own life, having a a set of tools for their own life and how to help the people around them. So people can heal themselves, but can everybody learn how to heal others? Everybody. It's just so easy. So far I've had... uh, maybe oh, 60,000 students or so. And there has never been anyone that couldn't do it. So it, it's just learning how to use a, a set of tools. And we've we've taught this to children. So it's it's just really easy, very easy. But can I heal in a way uh, where I use my power and make problems for my own body? Well, I'm working with the idea that everything starts in your own consciousness. So when someone has a symptom, they've created the conditions for it in their own consciousness. And if you don't create the conditions in your own consciousness, you will never get the symptom. What happens with some people, with some people who are functioning as healers, is they they develop a a sensitivity called empathy uh, where they feel as if it's in them what's happening in the other person. But that's, uh, for me, more of a feedback system. It doesn't mean they're going to get the symptom. If somebody comes to you with a broken arm and you're healing them, you're not going to break your arm, you know. 
So there's this idea that you can catch the symptom from the person that you're healing, but it's, if you really look closely at the belief, it doesn't, it doesn't stand up. You can feel what the other person is feeling, but you never catch the symptom. But I have heard uh, about healers that uh, they're working for some years with healing and have clients, and then suddenly they can't do it anymore because they are, their body is tired. Or So that's what I mean about uh, using your force um, in the wrong way. It's, I, don't, I don't experience it as uh, using my force uh, in that way. It's, if I would see any sensitivity, it's more about uh, when someone comes to you and you're functioning as a healer, you have to put yourself aside. You have to just put all your stuff on a shelf and just be there to be your function as the healer. And it's easy for some people to get lost in that and to forget that uh, they're not the healer they are the person who's functioning as the healer and they have to acknowledge their sensitivities as the person and so there has to be a balance then between their their personal life and dealing with their personal sensitivities and wishes and their professional life where they have to set all of that aside and and reaching that balance is uh, is important so i would understand it in that way can all be healed i'm working with the idea that everything can be healed and that if a possibility for a healing presents itself to you, that means you must be able to do it. Otherwise, it would not have presented itself to you. And then, if anything, you have to step through your own self-imposed limitations in order to just go for the healing. So people who are on the path of growth and spirituality and self-knowledge and studying the words of the masters and stuff they're they're told we're unlimited beings that we don't have any limits but people limit themselves by their their way of thinking and and if you accept the idea that uh, we really don't have any limits then when someone comes to you with uh, something to heal and you're entertaining doubts about your ability to do it then then you're dealing with self-limiting concepts and self-imposed limitations and then the idea is to just go through it uh, every healer has to work with i would say um the self-confrontation of dealing with the same thing i decided to to look at the um, the new testament as a story of a healer you know and to see his evolution as a healer and well, there was one man who was brought to him and all twisted up and uh, the man was saying, I'm suffering for my sins and the sins of my fathers. And Jesus says to him, well, your sins are forgiven you. And everyone around is shocked. How can you say that? You can't forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. And it's interesting what he answers. He says, which of these is easier to tell this man his sins are forgiven or to look at this twisted guy, you know, tell him stand up and walk home. You know, and then he realizes he took the easy way out, and then he says, "Stand up and walk home." And then the man is healed. So it's only uh, toward the end of the story that, that Jesus really owns 
his ability to heal whatever is presented to him. Uh, the first time he's presented with someone who he has been told is dead, you know, he has to decide, no, this little girl isn't dead, she's just asleep, because he can allow himself to believe that he can wake her up. But at that point in the story, he's not yet um, totally comfortable with the idea that he could bring back the dead, and that, that happens later on. So I see the same process that goes on in every healer, every healer I have ever known or heard about or read about. And uh, all of us go through the same process of being confronted with our limits and what we believe can, can be healed. But uh, I would say in an absolute sense, then the, the truth is that anything can be healed. And it's a question of just allowing yourself to accept that and believe it and, and go for it. Do you experience that at sometimes, maybe for a whole week or two weeks or so, everybody uh, of your clients come and have the same problem? And maybe it's um, something for you to look at also in your life. Yeah, when I'm looking at the, the healings that I attract, uh, I'm asking myself if there is some common theme, and not just for a period of weeks, or uh, but just uh, in general, when I'm talking to somebody, uh, when I'm giving them the feedback, is it uh, something that I could relate to my own experience? And sometimes it's like a person comes with a particular symptom, And I see what they're dealing with, and it might be similar to something I'm dealing with in my life. And I look at them and I say to myself, if I don't handle this, that's where I'm getting, you know, so I, I have to deal with it. And uh, so in healing them, it gives me information for for myself. During the healing, I have to keep all my my focus on what's going on for that person. But after the healing, I can do some processing about Uh, what did this healing mean for me? What does it have to do with me, with with issues in my life, with what's happening with people around me? So for me, the process of healing also gives me a chance to, to look at uh, the nature of our perceptions and ultimately coming to the the place of knowing that you don't need a guru, you don't need a guide, you don't need some authority outside yourself that all the answers are inside yourself you just have to understand the the language of your consciousness the language of your perceptions to decode this information and see its relevance in your life but again there then you have to step through your own uh, limiting ideas your own attachments your own emotional involvement with your movie and uh, and just see it as as an observer just kind of step back from it could i come to you and uh get a healing on my marriage? Well, on anything that represents some tension in your consciousness. So working with the idea that everything begins in the consciousness, I would say that you're always in touch with yourself, your higher self, your inner being, through your intuition or your instinct. And that speaks a very simple language. Either it feels good or it doesn't. Everything else is politics. And we're told if you do what feels right, then you're going toward fulfillment and success and you're being guided and following the guidance. And when you don't listen, then the next level of communication is your emotions. And so you deal with uh, resistance in the area of your emotions. You feel emotions that don't feel good 
as long as you keep going in that direction. And at some point, you can say, stop, look, listen, I should have listened to the little voice when it said to do the other thing or go the other way. And that meant you heard the voice. Otherwise, you wouldn't be able to say, I should have listened. So you change your mind about something, you get back on track, and uh, there's a release of tension, more a feeling of aliveness, and you know you're, you're okay. And if you still don't listen, that's when the tension reaches the, the physical level, and you create a symptom. And the symptom speaks a language, and the language reflects the idea that we create our reality. So when you describe the symptom from that point of view, then the metaphor of the symptom becomes clear. So instead of uh, someone saying, I can't walk, then we have to say they're keeping themselves from walking away from something. Instead of saying they can't see, you're avoiding looking at something, keeping yourself from seeing something. If they hurt their shoulder, they're keeping themselves from reaching for something, all in a metaphorical sense. So your body says, this is what you've been doing to yourself. And... uh, the unspoken truth behind it is you keep doing the same thing, you're going to get the same effects. And if you do something different, then you'll release the tension. The symptom will have no further reason for being there and it can be released. So within this context of this uh, three-part directional system, intuition, instinct, and the physical body, then we can say there there can be some areas of your life about which you feel tension even though the tension hasn't reached the physical level, you want to be able to release the tension before it has a chance to reach the physical level. So it can be something about the area of relationships, as you mentioned, or uh, a person's uh, relationship with money or their relationship with authority. I guess everything is relationships, right? It's (laughs) just relationships with different things. But anything that you feel not clear about anything, any part of your life that you feel tension about in your consciousness is something that you can ask to uh, have help with if you're just too much caught in the process uh, to have uh, sufficient clarity to release it yourself. I remember that at one point I visited your home uh, many years ago, and you had a big pyramid in yeah. the middle of your living room. Do you <laughs> I, still have it, and uh, what's the use for it? Okay, I, I still <laughs> have the pyramid, but I don't use it. It's folded up, and it's, it's in my meditation room right now. I'm working with the idea we don't need tools, and if we don't need them, we can use them, as long as we don't depend on them. So at the place where I lived at that time, one of the rooms was oriented north-south, which is perfect for using a pyramid. So I would do the the healing inside the pyramid, and it was nice to have the energy bouncing around inside and and somehow enhancing the experience. And in the same way, I have a, a big amethyst crystal that I put underneath the healing chair, and uh, if it's there, I can use it. And if it's not there, I do the healing anyway. And I'm working with the idea if everything is starting in the consciousness, if you don't have a pyramid... You imagine a pyramid around yourself, and you have the same thing. So it's it's just a tool. When you work with clients and you you give healings, do you touch your client? I use a light touch. I like the sense of contact, and uh, for me, it gives uh, another um, channel of communication. So 
I would say the heart chakra is associated with the sense of touch and also the aspect of relating. So if we talk about hugs, for example, when you hug someone, you can feel what's going on inside the person. You can feel if they're uh, closed or open or just whatever is going on. So when I'm touching the person lightly, I, I can have a, a direct channel of communication of how open the person is for the healing, for example, and being able to talk to them inside. I'm working in some parts of the world where it's not okay to touch. So when I'm doing a class in uh, the Middle East, in Kuwait, or Bahrain, uh, where, you know, men don't touch women, you don't even shake their hand, you know, because it's not okay. So then, of course, we find a different way for creating in our consciousness the perfect healer. But for me, the perfect healing. But for me, the it, touching the, the person is not just for the healer. It's, it's also for the person who is being healed. It gives them uh, a sense of comfort. They feel reassured in some way. Someone's touching them. Someone is there. Someone is present with them. They're not feeling like they're just alone, lost in space. And what is that person doing out there? Are they finished yet? And what's going on? And you touch them and it's, ah, they open and it's easy. So I don't like to touch. How long time does a healing take? When someone comes for a session, uh, I generally allow between one and a half and two hours for the session. Uh, the healing itself, the, the actual hands-on process, takes maybe 20-25 minutes. Uh, but when someone is, is coming in from the street, uh, most of the time they just don't have any idea what I do. You know, someone has told them, go see this guy, he can help you. And so they come in and the first part is maybe 15, 20 minutes of orientation, talking to them about uh, what was happening in their life at the time the symptom began, uh, showing them the relationship between the tension in their consciousness and the symptom in their body. And it also gives them time to just kind of relax and feel the contact. So after 15, 20 minutes, then they're, they're pretty much ready to do the actual work. And then we go into uh, the room that I use, which is uh, just for healing and meditation. And I tell them exactly what I'm going to do uh, I'm going to start off standing behind you, my hands touching your shoulders. I'm going to fill you with white light. And that gives me a sense of going into your consciousness. So giving them uh, a step-by-step -step, uh, description of what's going to happen, there's not a question of the unknown. They know exactly what to expect. And that helps them also to just relax and open up and to be receptive. Uh, during the healing, I'm looking at what's going on in their chakras and... Uh, when there's a symptom on the physical level or tension in the consciousness, it's visible in the chakras. And then I'm able to see what's inside there and move things around. And the effect is that they feel better. And so when I'm finished doing the work, well, during the work, I'm not speaking. But when I'm finished, I say, you can open your eyes when you like. And I ask them if they feel the same or different. And at that point, they tell me something that feels different and better already. And then we sit down and I explain what I saw and what I did and what it means to me, and then they can see how that talks to them. So it's, uh, a, for me, an important part of the healing is the feedback that they get afterwards. So 
they can understand what to look forward to uh, being different in their consciousness and their way of seeing a particular part of their life or a particular uh, uh, decision that they've made, see see how it can be different. And then they, uh, they're helping reorient themselves from the inside. If the client has any um, pain in the body, could it be that after a healing, the pain got worse? That usually doesn't happen. But sometimes the person experiences more tension there. And in the way that I understand it, it's that the person is holding on to a tension there. They've made some decision of resentment about this and that or fear about this and that. And they're continuing to give themselves reasons to hold on to that decision. And that's where the importance of the feedback comes in. It's like, hey, you know, if you keep worrying about that thing or feeling resentment about that thing you're going to continue to feel the symptom and uh, the person has come to me for healing i'm i'm moving things around at their request and if they're fighting against the changes then that have been going on in their consciousness then uh, they create more tension usually and i would say maybe 95 99% of the time even the process of healing is Uh, a gentle one of just settling into yourself and into the real you, who you really are, uh, without the tensions in your perceptual filter and uh, the way of being that that creates. So it's it's a really gentle process, and it can be very fast or it can be gradual, but but it's more a settling in. It's about how the person is talking to themselves inside and whether... Uh, they talk to themselves in a way that leaves them with tension or if they talk to themselves in a way that helps them release the the tensions. In your client, do you see the problem or do you feel it? Are you clairvoyant? I am clairvoyant. We all are. <laughs> But I'm, I see the the chakras. I look inside and see what's going on in the chakras. But I also... Uh, can see the problem, if you want to call it that, uh, as a thought form. If someone comes to me and they say something hurts in this place, I can decide that what they feel is a thing, and if it's a thing, that I can see it. And so I see something that represents the thing that they're feeling, and then that gives me a tangible way to reach in and just uh, lift it out, for example. So... If someone has uh, cancer, when I'm looking inside and seeing a particular organ, I might see something black and gooky, and uh, or I might see uh, a particular color in the chakra that's not the, the appropriate color. But normally with cancer, it's something really dark and really black, and and then I can do something about that, uh, uh, release it or melt it or zap it or just work in whatever way is going to be most effective in in uh, helping the person. Does the client need several healings? Well, again, working with the idea that uh, we don't have limits, uh, then if someone really wants to be healed, they want to be healed now. And so I'm working with the idea of the possibility of the one-visit healing. So my intention when someone comes is I want to see them leave healed 
now it's a co-creation between the healer and the healee. So I'm coming with my perceptions and my beliefs, and they are coming with their perceptions and their beliefs. And whatever happens is going to be a result of what each of us bring to the experience. So as much as possible, I have to do what I can to create the same sense of expectancy in them that I have in me. And when I'm successful in doing that, then the healing can happen in one visit. Uh, I know that when the act of the healing is complete, the effects of the healing continue to move normally between uh, three days and two weeks after the healing. So even when the total healing has not manifested immediately, I know it's on the way. And I tell the person they have to wait some time now to see what are the full effects of the healing, normally a, a couple of weeks. So if at that point the healing is not yet complete, then they can come back for another session. But uh, I prefer to be able to handle the situation in one in one visit. That's that's what uh, my orientation is. You have written some books and uh, made some CDs, and uh, you have a lot of different groups and workshops and so on. But for a moment, uh, let's talk about the CDs. What benefit can I have listening to your CDs? Are they for self-healing? Uh, I have four different ones right now, and the different kinds of meditations. And um, a meditation is a focus of attention, holding your attention on, on something in particular. So one is uh, particularly for self-healing, and it's... Um, it's using visualization and sound. I made it with uh, a friend who is a star master, uh, Rup Verma. Uh, he's a master of Nada Yoga. Nada Yoga is the study of the effect of the vibrations of music on the human organism. So when he plays music, it's not just for the aesthetics. It's designed to create a specific effect. And the music he plays for this meditation is designed to have a clarifying effect on the consciousness. So in the meditation, uh, the person surrounds themselves with a particular color and imagines it flowing through them. They feel the vibrations, the sensations, and they see the color. And as they can open to it, then they're clearing the particular parts of their consciousness. So that's, uh, I would say, a, a more gradual process more in that way the second meditation on that cd is where the person surrounds themselves with people who love them and want them to be healthy and happy and they feel the love coming in and they direct it to the part of the body that uh, needs to be healed so that's working with the idea that love heals so that cd is called uh, healing vibrations uh, another CD is called Stay in the White Light and Dream. And while the healing vibrations can tend to be energizing, the Stay in the White Light and Dream is is meant to be more uh, uh, chilling out, calming down, getting quiet. It's a progressive relaxation through your body from your toes to your head. And uh, as each part relaxes, it glows in white light. And when you are totally glowing in white light, then there are affirmations for self-acceptance and self-expression. So that's good for people who want to quiet their mind. Uh, the second meditation on there is called Dream, and that's uh, a metaphysical trip 
well, generally intended for people going through an extreme lifestyle change. But um, you find yourself in a room and you're surrounded with your thoughts and uh, the thoughts one by one leave the room until the room is empty and then you watch the ceiling disappear and you're in space and the walls disappear and the floor disappears and the chair disappears and your body disappears and you're left with just you. And then you get to see your life as uh, as if it's a dream that you're creating and can therefore um, change according to whatever you decide. So it's, it's a really nice metaphysical trip. The third meditation is specifically for improving eyesight. It's the same kind of progressive relaxation, but with affirmations and visualization for uh, eyesight improvement. And the second uh, meditation on the CD is with eye exercises. The fourth meditation is called uh, You Know You're a Healer. And um, the one called You Are a Healer is an affirmation of your ability to heal people and very quick centering and very quick putting you in the, the heart space. And the second uh, meditation on there, You Know, is where you take a, a walk through the forest to meet the old man of the forest who some say is the wisest being in the world, and you get to ask him any question and you get an answer. And then you become the old man of the forest, watching yourself approach and hearing yourself ask the question. And you hear yourself as the old man giving the answer, and uh, then you become yourself again, and it ends up telling you, you know, you know, and you know that you know. So it's an affirmation, again, that all your answers are inside, and... Uh, a reminder uh, of that. When I visit your webpage, I can see that you have a worldwide schedule of classes. Please tell me a little about your groups and workshops. I have, uh, well, I travel. I travel. I have my own uh, circuit, mainly in Europe, uh, but also in the Middle East. But I have other instructors that I've trained, and uh, they're they're traveling in other countries. Uh, We have one instructor who's here in Denmark uh, who is uh, teaching a class. This, his name is uh, Lufer Stegen. And uh, so one of um, the different languages on my website is, is Danish. So people can uh, get the information in Danish. When I started doing all these things, when I started, when I first put together this um, system in my mind, I thought, this is really good stuff, you know, and uh, I saw the value in it, and I thought to myself, wow, you know, I can go out and heal the world. And then I did some arithmetic, and I said, well, if I spend 10 minutes with each person, that means it should take about 300 years. I think I need help. So I, I started to teach other people how to do it through the classes. Uh, I put together the class in the same way that I used to build computer systems, And instead of massaging data, it's a black box that massages consciousness and creates in the person going through it the state of consciousness of being a healer. But people were still looking at me as if, you know, I'm special in some way. They're not special. And, you know, it's because Martin Brofman is teaching them that. So I had to teach other teachers so that people would have more of a sense that it's the tools that are working, not the person. You know, the person is just the one who's using the tools. 
and uh, the tools are really simple and easy to use. So I have these other instructors who are teaching uh, in the other countries. Normally the classes are taking place in two days. It's a weekend class. Um, some people found it hard to believe I could create healers in two days, and now I do it in four days. Well, actually, what happened was I was teaching the weekend classes and found that I had more things to say than I could say in two days. So the people who were organizing for me at the time in Denmark suggested that I uh, put together a, a residential experience of four days. So I did that. And that works out really well. So that's what I'm doing now, traveling around and teaching these residential four-day experiences. Do you do that in Denmark too? I haven't done it in Denmark for a while. I was doing it uh, a lot before, and uh, I was, I think, pretty well known uh, for a while. And then um, I decided to move. I moved to Monte Carlo, And it was really boring, so I decided to come back to Denmark, where it felt so good. When I came back, it was like uh, suddenly I was out of the the picture, and uh, there didn't seem to be the same energy in the classes. So I thought, well, if I'm just supposed to live here and not work here, that's nice. I like living here. I love living here. But now, lately, people are starting to ask again, and... Uh, If uh, the energy is asking me to, to teach her again, I'm, I'm happy to do that. Um, but in the meantime, as I say, I have the, this other instructor, Lou, who is uh, teaching the weekend classes in Denmark. And I have some other instructors who uh, might also be coming back to teach in Denmark. But you have clients for healing. Yeah, people yeah. call me and say, uh, you know, they want to come for healing. So I'm um, I'm happy to see them, and I'm available when I'm home. I'm I'm on the road about half the time uh, teaching. You have a workshop about improve your vision. Yeah, let's talk about that. Okay, I started off with that. In fact, uh, before the healing class, when I found myself healed of the cancer, uh, a side effect of that was that I wasn't nearsighted anymore. I had been wearing glasses for 20 years, and suddenly I was told I had normal vision. So I got curious about that and started to uh, do some research into the relationship between eyesight and consciousness and relating it to what had been happening in my own consciousness. So I quickly became an expert in this field. And when I retired from the business world... Uh, I the first thing that I did was uh, I put together a vision improvement program based on what I experienced and I could use eyesight as a vehicle to talk about a lot of other things. Uh, so the vision workshop is about how to use your mind as a tool to heal your eyesight, how to work at alpha, working with uh, affirmation, visualization, positive thinking, understanding the different aspects of uh, eyesight, how eyesight is a metaphor for your way of being uh, all nearsighted people have something in common all farsighted people have something different in common and so again when people see the relationship between their way of being and what they're experiencing in terms of their vision they they also realize that they can change something in their consciousness and the effect of that is that their vision improves so normally, uh, most of the people, at least most of the people in the class experience clearer vision after than they did before. And usually, 
everybody experiences at least some period of improved clarity during the class. But they're spending two days looking at only their eyesight, just focusing their attention on that and and seeing what happens in their visual field when they consider certain ideas. Have you witnessed people got rid of their glasses after a workshop? Yes. Uh, some people just don't need their glasses again after the weekend. Uh, other people notice that there's uh, some degree of improvement so that they have to get weaker eyes, uh, weaker eye glasses. So they have to get their um, eyes re-examined again. But that's that's common. In fact, it's it's not an extraordinary thing. It it's common. You have also written a book about this. That was the first book that I wrote uh, while I was uh, here in Denmark. Yeah, I have so far uh, written three books. Okay, the first book was uh, a really small book about this relationship between eyesight and conscious, and then. Um, That was published here in Denmark. When I presented it to other publishers, they said, it's a nice book, but it's not enough pages, you know. So I told them, well, make the first chapter in very big type and the second chapter smaller type, and so on. you can make more pages. But they weren't happy with that. So since I had said everything about eyesight, I wanted to say, I thought, what else could I put in here? So I decided to put in... Uh, this whole idea of working with your mind as a tool, how to go to alpha, what it means, how to work with affirmations, visualizations, positive thinking. So uh, the second book contains the first book plus all of the stuff about how to work with the mind. And that's also published here in in, in Danish, but I don't know how to pronounce the title. So, And uh, as I went further in my own evolution, uh, functioning from deeper parts of myself and more into applied philosophy and spirituality. People had asked if I could create some program that was more global, that didn't have so much only eyesight as the focus. And so that's when I got into the the system of healing. And the, the next book that I wrote was about the, the body mirror system and working with the idea that anything can be healed. So it, it's about the healing system, uh, describing it from the point of view of the healer and the healy, talking about the chakras and applications to esoteric philosophies and um, like that. If I want to buy your CDs or I want to buy your books or uh, come in contact with you or your groups and classes, workshops, what do I do? Uh, well, the easiest way to be in contact with information about the classes and how to contact me would be through my website. That's www.healer.ch. You can say ch is for chakras, but actually it's uh, Switzerland. And when you get to this uh, website, that's the international website. Then there's a Danish version and a Swedish version and Spanish, Portuguese, Italian, so on. Uh, so there are uh, articles there that I've written. There's a worldwide schedule of classes, so people here in Denmark can see where there are classes, when there are classes, who to contact uh, about registering for the classes. There's my email address, so they can contact me if they need to have uh, a personal session, uh, a healing. In terms of my books, the the books are published in Danish, 
So I would imagine uh, they can find them in, for example, the Yokenta bookshop or any bookshop should be able to order the, the books. The CDs for now are only in English, but uh, they can be ordered from uh, Amazon.com. And I'm talking to someone now, a Danish woman who's interested in recording them in Danish. So hopefully they will be available soon. Uh, I just don't yet know um, through whom they will be available, but they will be available. So that's something that's on the way. And uh, all these informations, of course, I'll write them in the show notes. So that's where you can find them. Martin, thank you for your time. And uh, I'll be back next week with another guest in my Claircast. <laughs> thank you for now. Thank you.